You know, the key to marketing, and it's always been this way, is to stay in front of people as unobtrusively as possible with relevant information about your offering until they're ready to buy. And now it's time once again for the show that gives glorious voice to 25 million business owners across the fruited plain. Radio Free Enterprise with Frank Felker. Hello, hello, hello. Yes, indeed, I am Frank Felker. Welcome back to Radio Free Enterprise. We are all inundated daily with notions from gurus that we should be constantly posting on Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter and Instagram and elsewhere, and we should have all sorts of content marketing going on. And I absolutely agree with all of these assertions. The question is, when are you ever going to find time to do all of those things? And how are you going to find the time to learn how to do all of those things? Well, my guest today has a suggestion for you that uh, comes across as a little bit counterintuitive. Laura Poindexter suggests that you might want to continue to concentrate a great deal of your efforts in email marketing. Why? Because you sell more that way. And of course, that is the object of the exercise here is to sell things, kids. So that's why I think Laura might be onto something here. Laura, welcome to Radio Free Enterprise. Thank you, Frank. I'm happy to be here. I am very happy for you to be here as well. Um, you and I have worked together in the past uh, when we were both authorized local experts for uh, Constant Contact. You, of course, still are such a person, an A-L-E, as we say inside of CTCT. Yes. And here you are at a social media expert, a guru, as I had uh, mentioned to you previously. And yet you are insisting that email marketing is still a really strong marketing channel, something that uh, people should continue to concentrate on. It seems like email marketing is kind of an old-fashioned notion, Laura. I've been I've been doing email marketing since back in the nineties. <laughs> why Why is it that uh, you think that email marketing might have uh, might still have something over Facebook? So. And when we're talking about email marketing, we want to be very clear that we're talking about permission-based email marketing, that if you're a, a business sending to a list, it's a list that you've built. It's people that you know. It's not you've bought a list and you're blasting, spamming people. Okay. So as long as we understand that's what we're talking about, because people still check their email. And um, as we've seen social media explode, the uh, attention is harder to get. So um, I, I dug into some statistics to, to, to come to this conclusion um, based on my experience with my clients and what I was seeing. I went and pulled up some statistics and, um, and found that, you know, Facebook reach had, had basically plummeted in the past year, year and a half, which if anyone out there has a Facebook page admin, they know this. They've post a, a, a story to their, to their newsfeed and, you know, a handful of people see it. So there's a challenge right there with reaching people. Twitter is just a fire hose of, of information. So even if you have thousands of followers on Twitter, how many people are really seeing that tweet? So that is where I've always been a big fan of email marketing. I've seen it effective for uh, my clients across the, the B2B space, the business to consumer space, the nonprofit world. Um, so I dug a little deeper. I wrote I wrote a blog post 
Um, and um, I compare the thousand, uh, if you had a thousand fans on Facebook versus a thousand subscribers, would you like me to walk you through that? Please do, because okay. this is a numbers game. Uh, sales is often referred to as a numbers game. And it is important that people understand this is not just something that you're uh, sharing with us anecdotally, but that you've actually researched it out, done some arithmetic, and have some pretty uh, strong conclusions to share. So please go ahead. I did do some arithmetic. Luckily, I had a calculator. So uh, my first example, uh, my first you know, hypothetical business has a thousand uh, fans, likes, followers, whatever you want to say on Facebook. And as I've mentioned, organic reach of native Facebook posts, that is just, uh, I post something to my business page and how many people actually see it, um, is sits around between 2 and 6%. So I use 4% for the scenario. And I've seen this um, across um, different platforms. I have, I have clients that have higher engagement, but just in, in general, the average, um, and in talking to thousands of business owners, as part of the the presentations that I give, everyone nods their head yes. Um, well, so let's if, stop one one second okay. there. So when you say engagement, does that mean they post on their Facebook page? Right. And engagement means it appears on on their friends or their likers pages, or that people actually saw it. So yes. Yeah, so reach is what we're talking about, not engagement. And the reach is how many people actually saw it. Okay. So if I have uh, in our situation, we have a thousand uh, followers, and the the reach of four percent gives us a forty uh, a reach of forty. So forty people saw it. Great. And then um, the click through rate on Facebook posts sits about five percent. So that means out of a thousand fans, forty people are likely to see it, and only two people are likely to click. Now, when they click, what are you talking about? What are they clicking on? Where are they clicking off to? Well, hopefully some type of landing page, sales page, registration page. Okay. So obviously when we, when we do a comparison like this, every business is going to have a little, you know, results may vary. You may have a very engaged <laughs> Facebook audience. But, you know, I looked at averages and I pulled stats from, you know, Ogilvy from Forbes. I have, you know, references in the article to get to this conclusion. And so I only have two people going through to, uh, you know, whatever my, my sales page is or my registration page or my donation page if I'm a nonprofit. I just want to interject that I will have a link to Laura's article on this topic that has all the statistics and all the calculations laid out in black and white for you so that you can read this later. It'll be in the show notes page for this episode of Radio Free Enterprise on RadioFreeEnterprise.com. Please go ahead, Ms. Poindexter. Okay, so, so that is Facebook. So uh, when we look at email, we have we have our hypothetical business that has a permission-based email list of a thousand subscribers, and we see an average open rate on a good quality list about twenty-five percent, mm -hmm. and that means two hundred and fifty subscribers are going to open that email. So two hundred and fifty people are going to see it. Uh, the bonus here is that seven hundred and fifty people who did not open your email still saw your from name and your subject line. And that's a big one. And I think people so lose track of what a big marketing touch that is, who it was from and what you had to say this week. Even if your subject line was not sufficiently attractive to get them to open the email, it still touched their consciousness, still kept you top of mind. Exactly. 
So we'll, we'll, we'll take those extra 750 that may have seen your name and subject line as an added bonus. <laughs> okay. And we'll put them for, aside for a second. So we have 250 people that open the email. We see an average click-through rate of about 10%. So that's 25 people uh, versus the two on Facebook. Now, in an email itself, you could actually, that click could actually be a sales, right? You could click right through you can sell right in your email. You mm-hmm. can just have a PayPal button. So there's also advantages to taking out a step. Um, and they've read your email, which can be longer than a social media post. So um, there's plenty of variables based on your, your audience, but I think it's powerful enough. And like I said, I've seen it in my, in my client businesses to go, you know, there's something here that people are, are um, jumping on the social media bandwagon and they're they're ignoring the email list that they that they built. So, all right. Well, let's let's get uh, back to the bottom line numbers again. What were the bottom line numbers of click throughs for Facebook and email? So, two click throughs on Facebook with a fan base of a thousand, mm-hmm. and twenty five with a thousand subscribers on email. So it's a twelve times or twelve and a half times click through rate, and as you just mentioned, there's a lot of variables, and there's a lot of you know your results may vary. But when you're talking about twelve times, there's a lot of wiggle room in there where you know, well, it might only be five times the results. You'll just have to live with that. Right. Uh, the the question then comes to mind: Well, what's the difference in cost? And by cost, I mean actual costs, the dollars out of your pocket, and time required to generate an email message versus generating a, a Facebook post? So that's a great question. I think that the, you know, the sort of mental space that it takes is probably the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and the cost itself, I mean, most email solution providers um, at this level cost, you know, between 10 and $30 a month for your service. For ne- the service. It's a negligible amount. It's not yeah. zero, but it's pretty close. Yeah, and then obviously Facebook is free, which is why people are like, oh, Facebook's free, but it's still your time, and two people clicked on it. So (laughs) there's my challenge. (laughs) And if you're like me, you'll be coming back and coming back. and How many people click now? How many people click now? (laughs) And so, you know, that's, of course, a time time sink as well. Well, you know, it it makes a uh, a pretty clear and compelling argument that people should be continuing to use email. What are you seeing in all the presentations that you give and all of the clients that you work with? Are people uh, choosing to use email less than they used to, or are they uh, using it the same, but just now adding on new layers of other social platforms? I think ideally that's what we would like them to do is to continue using email and add on social platforms. What I say is, you know, above and beyond a good lead generating website, mm-hmm. um, Email marketing is the most effective online marketing tool I see for myself, Mm -hmm. for my clients. And I have, as I've mentioned, a number of clients across multiple spaces. Um, I've had my company since 2000, so I've been doing this for a long time. And uh, I have a client, one of my biggest clients doesn't even use social at all. Mm. And it's not that social media wouldn't be a good fit for the type of business, but it doesn't really fit the owner's personality we're growing explosively just using you know the good the good lead generating website that's search engine optimized and email marketing so mm-hmm. it's working we're happy <laughs> that's great and you know i really want to emphasize for people listening that 
Laura really is a social media guru. I mean, I have actually paid her real dollars. Actual money. <laughs> actual money to consult with me on a Facebook project I was working on. And she really, really, really knows what she's talking about. Oh, thank you. And, and even so, she still thinks this old email idea is a good one. So I don't know what's the matter with her, but I think she's and making it's funny when people come to my social media seminars and I spend 10 minutes explaining this and I'm like, don't worry, I'm going to tell you how to use social media <laughs> for your business. I just want to set the stage that it's not the biggest mistake I see business owners making is that they think one tactic is a magic bullet mm -hmm. that oh, I, all I need to do is start Snapchat. No, it's not. Marketing has not changed. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been in marketing for a long time. I don't like to give a date because then you can figure out how old I am. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the key to marketing, and it's always been this way, is to stay in front of people as unobtrusively as possible with relevant information about your offering until they're ready to buy. So when someone's ready for me, they go, oh, I just got a blog post from Laura, or I just saw a tweet or an email. And... Emails are really a really uh, great way to do that, especially the unobtrusive part, because, you know, on social media, you could be a little annoying as well. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> not me, Laura. Not Please. You. People in general. <laughs> yes, absolutely true. Now, I've got, to, I've got to have you go back to that. That was great. The, the objective with marketing always has been, let me see if I get this right, to stay in front of people as often as possible, as unobtrusively as possible, as, please. As unobtrusively as possible. Okay. Uh, with relevant information. Right. Until they're ready to buy. Yeah. Makes sense, right? If if I if I'm like, nah, in the back of my mind I'm thinking, oh, it's starting to get cold out, I need a new pair of boots, and then oh, and a little ad or email from Zappos pops up, I'm like, oh yeah. Right? How many email uh, lists do you subscribe to or even brands you follow on on social media? Because you know at some point you're going to need what they sell. Mm, that's great stuff. Now, with all of the challenge uh, channels that are available to us today, like yes. I, I often like to use, uh, you know, I will date myself. Back in the <laughs> 60s when we only had, you know, three television channels and maybe four or five uh, radio stations that any given person would listen to. Um, you know, there, and there was one newspaper and whatever. There were a very limited number of channels through which business owners could communicate with prospective customers. Yes. So it, it, you still had the same challenge that you got to communicate your message and got to do all the things you just talked about. But you didn't have all these alternative ways to do it. Would you say that we are better off today because we have more ways to do it? Or were we better off then when we had fewer ways to choose from, but we just had to write a bigger check to get on board any one of those channels. So I think that for the small business, it's actually, we're better off today mm -hmm. because it's easier to reach your target audience if you have a plan. Mm -hmm. Because uh, I, I say, um, you know, Facebook knows everything about your personal life. Mm -hmm. Right. If you're a, if you're on Facebook, you've told them your relationship status, where you work, what kind of things you like to do on the weekend, who your friends are. And Google knows everything else about you. I just accept that fact. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I can sleep at night so I can find people who, you know, live in northern Virginia, like red wine, watch scandal. 
right? I mean, that's my audience. I can find them. Um, It's more challenging, especially for for the smaller uh, businesses, because there are so many options. We have a short attention span, Mm -hmm. and they hear that, oh, I should be on Periscope. Well, no, what you really need is a plan. Mm -hmm. You just need a plan, and you need to know who your target audience is. It's not, oh, everybody. That's not realistic. Um, so I think that if, if you're just kind of going at it haphazardly, it's going to be more challenging because you're going to be all over the place. Well, and there's always going to be the next new shiny, bright object to jump on the next Instagram, Periscope, you name it coming down the line. So let me, uh, let me put this to you though. You say that the biggest mistake you see business owners making is that uh, there's one magic bullet. But then at the other end of the spectrum, there's 10 million bright, shiny new objects. Right. So, you know, what's a what's a mother to do? The, <laughs> uh, the question then I guess I would put to you is, would you recommend that people start with one channel and get it up and working and figure out what you're doing and, and see about your plan, how your plan's working out before you start adding on additional channels? That's exactly it. So my recommendation is, you know, your website needs to be good to go. And I have clients that their website is not lead generating, even though I recommend a lead generating website because it's more for credibility. So you Mm -hmm. have to understand what, what's the purpose of your website, because no matter what business you're in before someone hires you, they're going to look you up online. Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure that you are projecting the right, um, image that you want for your business. So you want to make sure that that's, that the website is good to go. Um, and of course I want you to email market. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but then when we look at social media, I I do say pick the one social media platform that makes the most sense. And I have a little test. I call my three C's of social media. Oh, pray tell. (laughs) The first C is customer, right? Your target audience. And it is by far the most important, the biggest C Um, of the three, because if I am targeting baby boomers, then, you know, Instagram's not going to even be on my list, even if I personally, as a business owner, love Instagram. Mm -hmm. So when we align the platform with our target, target audience and start with that first one that makes the most sense, spend some time there, build some traction. And then, um, the other two C's, which, you know, we, we, we don't have to go deep into. We, I can send you, I have a YouTube video that talks about it. You could put it in the show notes, maybe. I um, Is content. So what type of information are you going to share? That's going to determine where you are. And then capabilities, what can you do? So usually I say, you know, if you don't like to write, I'm not going to recommend you blog. Even if blogging would be a good platform for your type of business, Especially if you're a solopreneur, why do you want to be stressed out about blogging when you hate to write? So, again, the first C is the most important, finding that one social media platform that fits your target audience. Mm -hmm. And then taking into consideration, it's no good for you to be on a platform if you can't actually use it. So that's way too that just makes way too much sense, Laura. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are here to overcomplicate this for everyone, and you just want to simplify it. I know. So, 
I appreciate you doing that, though, because it, it is a clear, it can be very mystifying and confusing. And, and I almost wonder if uh, every time a new platform comes along, if it isn't almost their goal to confuse you and make it seem as though what you're doing now is that that's passe, that's never going to work in, you know, in the age of blab or whatever the latest thing is. Right. And, uh, and, and which comes back to the whole idea about email that, in fact, it has been working for 20 years and it continues to work for all the reasons you just pointed out, the customer and all three of those C's. So let, let me go back through this. I was going to ask you to give us three or four tips, but I think you just did. Let's let's <laughs> uh, let's go back through this. So let's say, uh, you know, a, a, a website can either be a digital brochure, shall we right. say, a branding medium. Right, for or, credibility. Which is sort of more passive and people just come to it and check it out. Or it could be a sales uh, or at least a lead generation slash email capture medium, which exactly. is what you would recommend for most small business owners. Isn't that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, so that would be the first step is is find a way to get your uh, e uh, website to start uh, capturing leads, and that's conversation for another pod podcast. Exactly. But then once you have the uh, email addresses – and you now have some idea what these people are interested in because of what the offer was they responded to that they gave you their email address, then you start emailing to them as a second step. Am I on track so far? You are absolutely on track. Keep going. All right. So then you're starting to get you're starting to get in the groove on this. You know who you're talking to. You know what you're saying to them. You know what they're responding to and what they're not responding to. Then you figure out which one of the social platforms is most in alignment with that customer base. And you start dilly-dallying a little bit on that social platform. We'll just say Facebook. Right. And because of all the targeting and everything that Facebook offers, of course, you're going to have to learn how to do all of that. But you extend the same opt-in offer or all the other things that you do and the, and the specials and promos out uh, to that group. And then once you feel like, hey, I'm starting to get a hang of this deal, then you can lay on your Instagram or whatever seems like the next lowest hanging fruit. Right. And, and what makes sense with your customer. And by now you've got, you know, a big enough platform, even if even if it's, you know, just a few hundred followers, but hopefully you're having conversations with this audience you've created and you can start to be like, what other platforms are you guys on? Like, what do you like to do? Like what, you know, so what kind of information do I share that is interesting to you? What kind of things would you like to see? That's great. I like that. Ask and, and you shall receive. Another thing I want to point out is because sometimes it can seem overwhelming, even though we're just recommending email and maybe one social platform, is that it can all be scheduled. Don't schedule from the next 12 months, but <laughs> you can sit down, you know, once a week, once every couple of weeks, whatever works for you in your, in your business and schedule your stuff so that it's happening without you, you know, stressing about it. I'm all about my clients not stressing. That's great. <laughs> that definitely sounds like something I'd be willing to pay for. <laughs> if I could, all I got to do is write a check and stress goes away. Yes. Yeah. And sales increase. So, exactly. that, you know, that's like a magic check to write right there. Well, with that in mind, uh, Laura B. Poindexter, yes. if somebody's listening here and they're thinking, yeah, these are all great ideas, but I'll never find the time to do any of that stuff. I'm just going to let somebody who really knows what they're doing do it for me. What would be the best way for them to connect with you? So, you know, after everything we've talked about, um, the first thing I want people to do, even if they've, they've already sort of dabbled in email marketing, you know, they have an account, they don't use it. 
um, I would really like them to, to start doing email on a regular basis. And I have a, um, an email checklist, a one page checklist to get an email out today, mm. including, uh, it's got a little Mad Lib style. Oh, I see. I just dated myself uh-huh. a little Mad Lib style, uh, first email with examples for, you know, a business to business, a business to consumer or nonprofit. So, you know, asking if it's, I think the, the example for a business to consumer business is asking for a review on a, on a Yelp type site. Mm, mm-hmm. The business to business is asking for you to, to register for a webinar or, or download a lead magnet. And then the nonprofit is asking for a donation. So I've got sort of a, you know, a cut and paste, drop it in your email platform. There's links to, you know, those services I recommend if, if that's something you need to set up. We have found that even if you feel like you don't have a list, you can just look through your inbox, think about your best customers, your best partners. You should be able to come up with a handful of names. And we've seen success with as few as five emails. Wow. Five, five, five contacts mm-hmm. to begin. So, um, so to, I think the easiest way to, for your listeners to just sort of start that process and then get connected with me is they can text uh, it's all one word, email now, no space, to 33444. And they'll immediately get this um, checklist with the, with the sample emails and some list of resources, and then they'll have all my information. That is really cool. So they would text email now, all one word, no space, to 33444, is that what you said? Yes. That is a really neat way to contact you. Well, I'm not sure I can put a link for that in the show I notes, but I can give you a link. I will give you a link as well in the show notes. <laughs> oh, okay, great. And I'll also type it out uh, in there. Well, that's fantastic. And uh, I assume uh, being the social media guru that you are, uh, that you have a Twitter handle? I do. It's at Laura B. Creative, L-A-U-R-A, the letter B, Creative, C-R-E-A-T-I-V-E. That's awesome. And on Facebook? It's all, yeah, that will find me everywhere. I, Laura, oh, B. Laura, Laura B. Creative. Great. Blog, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, this is wonderful stuff, Laura B. And I really appreciate you taking the time to share it with everybody here on Radio Free Enterprise. Well, thank you for having me, Frank. Thanks again to Laura B. Poindexter. Thank you for listening. Now, what we need to do is you need to go to the iTunes store and subscribe to the Radio Free Enterprise podcast. While you're there, maybe you could leave me a little five-star rating. Maybe you could leave me a little favorable review. Just ask it. After that, come back over to RadioFreeEnterprise.com and register with the site so you can stay on top of all the exciting doings here at RFEHQ. You promise to take care of that, and I promise to remain your fearless host, Frank Felker. Until we meet again, I'll see you on the radio. If ifs and buts were coconuts, Frank would quaff umbrella drinks. Radio Free Enterprise. Dunny, dunny.